Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome to You've Heard It Said. It feels weird because... I don't I don't know what to do with my hands now that we're like on a screen. Yeah. And we're audio. Say your name. Right. This is Allie. And I'm Jason. And why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> now everybody can understand what I'm saying when I'm saying all these things, but I make it difficult sometimes. I'm glad everyone's getting a front row seat for this. <laughs> and so this is like our third episode in a mini series. We've been talking about doubt and questions, working out your faith. And we did it on video, as you can tell. Or if you're listening, if you haven't seen us on video, you can find it on YouTube. Um, if you're watching us on video, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, switch it up. And so today we've got Sam back from the last episode. And we're just going to dig into your story a little bit more. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. For sure. Well, we figured at this point people may have questions. Like We've talked about doubt. And people may be at the point where they're like, cool, so now how do I like rebuild this thing. Mm-hmm. So we figured that your story could help us out. So I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about your process of like, what did it look like for you when you started having these questions and yeah, rebuilding? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I was always kind of a skeptic. I remember being in first grade and uh, my best friend's birthday party, they had brought in a magician. And I remember just watching being like, no, that that can't have disappeared or he couldn't have pulled that rabbit out of his hat. And so I would like walked around yeah. the perimeter to try and figure out how he did some of his tricks. And I figured a few of them out. Um, you were that kid. <laughs> yes, I was that kid. I think, Jason, are you, would you probably have done the same thing? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. But maybe not the whole walking around. <laughs> but I had to figure it out. <laughs> and uh, six months later, it was my dad's, like work Christmas party and kids were invited. And so they invited the same magician that had been at my friend's birthday party. And so like I was in, that was my moment. So as soon as I saw Mm. him start to do one of the tricks I knew how he did, I stood up, (laughs) pointed at him and said, I know how you did that and like described the trick. And so I was like, I am, I am defending truth right now, you know, I'm protecting people Uh and my parents had to take me home (laughs) and some people were upset, but I was like six years old. So I don't know, but anyway, yeah. So from the six year old who's defending truth, how do you get to sit in here? Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up going to church and, um, you know, I was, it was a really uh, pretty rigid version of Christianity where I had to really believe all the, all the right quote-unquote things. And um, there was a lot to it that you needed to, to really be on the inside. And so um, I was skeptical about a lot of things. And I had lots of doubts and lots of questions, but... I'd been taught pretty early that questions weren't allowed and weren't welcomed and you just needed to go with the flow and have faith and, and trust and believe um, and turn off your brain when you have any kind of questions and doubts. And um, the more that I got into that world, the, the more my doubts grew, but the harder it became to ask questions. So I eventually started going to a Christian college to learn how to 
be a pastor and convince other people to have the right beliefs. And um, the more I invested in, the you know, the less I felt safe to ask questions. Because I'm like, if I ask questions, I might not be able to go to the school that I'm paying all this money to go to. I might lose friendships. I might lose, um, you know, have some strained relationships with family members because all yeah. of my family were yeah. followers of Jesus too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, oh, go ahead, Ellie. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just your faith that's being questioned at that point. At that point, it's almost like your whole identity. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, I built my whole life around this really specific faith. Mm-hmm. And I, even though, you know, I convinced myself that I didn't have questions mm-hmm. um, because it felt safer. Because if mm-hmm. I, if one thing fell apart, then the whole thing might break apart. And then yeah. what was I even doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Was my whole life a waste? Was, uh, you know, all this time and relationships and um, even money going to college, all of that would be wasted if I didn't have this faith. Yeah. So. So you get to this point where you're starting to question it. And I remember you telling me this story. I hope you don't mind me retelling a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're driving, you, you've graduated college, you're maybe about to start a family, or you're somewhere in that stage, and you're a youth pastor. And you're driving one time to go speak to your kids, talk to them about mm-hmm. Jesus, about Scripture, you know. And you find yourself wondering, wait a second. Am I, and I'm adding this part, am I the magician? Like, do I even, do I even believe this stuff that I'm about Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. try to tell them about and convince them of? Mm -hmm. And a six-year-old Sam is also in the car with you, you know, of like kind of sneaking around the corner, looking behind everything. And you're starting to wonder, does it all add up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, How, and, and and I know you today. And I know, you know, I look up to your faith today. So what did that process from it starting to unravel to today look like? What were some of the pieces and steps along that process? Yeah. Um, Yeah, like you said, after I graduated, I got a job as a youth pastor. Um, And for a long time, my role, I saw my role as just teaching people to have this, believe the same things that I did. Um, but that style of faith, which was just all about knowing the right things, um, gave me the excuse to be judgmental and Mm. critical of people who didn't, uh, believe the same things that I believed and, um, yeah, assume the worst of people and, um, you know, always putting walls up because I wanted to make sure that I surrounded myself with the right kind of people with the right beliefs. But then... I began to meet some different people who had some different beliefs than me. And I noticed that they lived with this compassion for other people. They lived in a way that they were motivated to help others, not just to share um, truth with them, but because they genuinely seemed to care about people. Um, And that was, it sounds weird, but like that was a new thing for me. Um, uh, and I realized now that what I was seeing was I was seeing people who were doing their best to live in love like Jesus in their world today. Mm-hmm. And that was just outside of how I thought, what I, I even thought it meant to be a Christian. That's uh, wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's good to admit, but it's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, we had a lot of beliefs about Jesus. 
but we didn't mm. actually spend a lot of time talking about Jesus's life. Um, mm. Yeah, it's like we were, uh, yeah, we cared about Jesus's birth and we cared about Jesus's death, but like we kind of rushed him from the cradle to the cross as fast as we can so we wouldn't have to listen to what he said. Um, so it was just this, this really warped version of it. So getting to meet some people who were genuinely doing their best to live like Jesus, really all like, I, I want to say it, it was great, but really it mm. felt like it was like an earthquake underneath my face because I'm like, this is really refreshing. Mm. Uh, but to live this way, I would really have to take apart my faith and start mm. over again. So um, it was a long way into that process, several years into that process of trying mm. to work out um, how, do, how, do I make my, how do I make my Christianity more about Jesus uh, <laughs> that I got to the place of realizing that my, my old faith had fallen apart. Mm. Um, everything was different now. It was really emotionally and intellectually really ex- exhausting to get to that place. Mm. And so I'm, I'm there driving in that car on my way to church to preach about Jesus. And I'm standing in the wreckage of my faith. And I'm like, do I even want to do this anymore? Like, do mm. I even want to believe in God anymore? Is, is God even real? Um, like if he is, I don't, I don't know what he's doing or what he wants me to do next. So one of the first pieces was, it sounds like just admitting it to yourself. Mm. Um, seems like next is, and not, I don't know that you intentionally did it, but it happened is ending up around people who are actually living more like Christ who are, you know, actually walking out of faith that looks more like Jesus and, and the life he lived. Um, is there are there other pieces? I mean, those were the biggest pieces that caused some anxiety in me, but in a good way because it helped me to grow and helped yeah. me to take apart some of those more unhealthy beliefs that I had. But yeah. um, so this is you you saying that is reminding me of a time that was similar for me, um, as I've shared in some of our other conversations. I got to a point where I was asking a similar question, like, do I believe this? Um, any of it, you know? And I had to admit first that to myself, and then mm-hmm. my wife was next. And then I started telling other people, people I worked with. Um, I decided to go to counseling to talk to mm-hmm. a professional about some other things. Some were faith-related, some were, you know, well, everything's faith-related, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, there was this moment where I'm, I'm on a Zoom call in the middle of like the pandemic when everybody's like staying home. Mm-hmm. So this guy who's an author, his name is Jonathan Martin. He's also mm-hmm. a pastor and he wrote a book called How to Survive a Shipwreck. Mm-hmm. And he put on his Instagram or something, hey, that you can do these, you can come to this book study. And so I go to it and it's a Zoom call and it's like just him, the author, and just a couple of us. And like every Thursday at 7 p.m., you know, just talking about his book. And it, it's, I think it's the closest thing I've ever felt to like being in a support group. Mm. There's people from all across the country and they're talking about how they ended up in the middle of a shipwreck. You know, mm. I think you said something about the wreckage. And I just remember one part really vividly. And he, he talked about um, when you're, you know, when your boat is all falling apart and the waves and all this stuff, great imagery. Uh, but you you need to find a piece that's mm. floating nearby that you can just grab onto because like 
you can't keep yourself up on your own strength, on your mm. own will, you know, ma- trying to make sense of everything or go. For me, it was like I needed information. I wanted to go and get, I wanted to read all the books, listen to all the podcasts and get all the information I could to mm-hmm. make my faith questions go away. Well, I was like wearing myself out. I needed something to just hold on to and catch my breath. That just, that moment stuck out to me and has been so helpful to me. And it's the two, it's two pieces. Mm-hmm. It's being in that conversation with the people who kind of looked like Jesus to me during that time in my life. Um, but also that realization of like, I need something to hang on to. And um, for me, it was Jesus. Like I look, it's not going to be that for everyone. Some people uh, might be different. But I, I started just focusing on him how did he actually live? What did he actually do? I started reading the parts of the Bible where Jesus shows up over mm-hmm. and over and over and over. Gave myself permission to not read anything else for a while. I know it's crazy, but that's what I did. Um, so yeah, yeah. I would well, love to yeah, hear. Yeah, well, I love you. that you shared that because I think the part about bringing it to people is really important. Because in one of our earlier conversations, I was talking about how anytime that I have these big questions, I immediately feel shame of like. Am I supposed to have these questions? Like, oh my gosh, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I think it's natural to be like, I'm just going to shove this down. We're going to put that in the box and throw away the key. But it's like, that's not very healthy. And so it's like that people aspect of bringing it to others is so important. And I think about Thomas and I just like, if I could rebrand Thomas for a minute, like, I just feel like it's really unfair that everyone's like, oh yeah, doubting Thomas. I'm like, no, he was just honest. Like he just <laughs> had the questions that everybody would have asked. Like we mm-hmm. all need a Thomas in our life. He's gonna yeah. be like, hey, I know you probably don't wanna say anything, but like, have you ever seen anybody raised from the dead before? Like, yeah. I might have some questions too, bud. Yeah. So he like asks that. And also he's like hearing this secondhand about Jesus, like raising from the dead from his friends. And so, yeah, he's kind of like, well, I'm probably not going to believe unless I see Jesus and get to like put my hands in like the holes, you know, which again, also understandable, Thomas. But then something that I, something that like stood out to me when I was reading it the other day is that it said like Thomas wasn't with the disciples when Jesus shows up originally. A week later, he's in the room with them. And so that stood out to me because I was like, okay, the disciples must not have been jerks to Thomas, right? Like Somebody they probably, maybe invited him. Right, mm-hmm. somebody invited him. They weren't just like, oh, Thomas has questions, so we're going to pray for Thomas like by ourselves. Like, no, like <laughs> they invited him over, they had him there, and then like Jesus shows up and is like, okay, Thomas, like here, put your hands right here. And he believes. And so it's like, I think that part is really important because it's like there's something about being with people that creates this environment where Jesus will show up. Even if you do feel like you're in this wreck and you don't have anything to hang on to, sometimes it's other people that can help you cling on to that and move on. The whole time you're talking about Thomas, all I can think about is like Sam at age six sneaking around behind the magician. He's like, you know, Thomas is like, hey, can I look at the other side of hey, your hands, I- Jesus? Like, how did, you know, he's, he's just checking it out. He's, you know, Thomas is, um, he's doing the honest work of, trying to figure out if he can have a real faith, right? right? Um, We probably all need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sometimes we're Thomas and sometimes we're Thomas's friends. And Mm. I think what you said was, was really great that sometimes, yeah, if we have, if we have friends, if there's people that we know that are experiencing doubt, yeah. Welcoming them in, welcoming their questions. um, Even if they feel like they're dangerous questions to ask, uh, 
it can be helpful for them as they're processing their faith, but it can also be helpful for us as we're trying to learn and grow. And it seems like doubt is, it can actually be a really healthy way for people to grow in their faith. Um, yeah, I know for me, it, it helped kind of pry up some of the things that I'd built that was actually getting in the way of Jesus, um, whether it be rules or beliefs or um, cultural preferences that I might have that I made into spiritual issues. Um, and it wasn't until getting to experience Jesus through other people that I was able to start doing the work of pulling those things away so I could just see Jesus as he is. Yeah. Or more of Jesus as he is. Yeah. Definitely don't have it all figured out now, but yeah. Yeah. So take me back to Sam being this youth pastor, being like, am I actually the magician? Yeah. Where, where do you go from that moment? Yeah. So I remember I, I went into church that day and I'm just like, okay, how do I do this? Like, do I just go up there and fake it? Like, I probably could, but that would just make me a really terrible person. Um, if I just go up there and I'm like, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm telling the truth, but <laughs> let me tell you about Jesus. Um, but this really interesting thing started to happen. So um, instead of going up on like a stage and talking to a room of like 50, 60 students, um, I brought all the chairs in a circle and we all just sat in a circle and we just started reading the Bible together. And I just asked people to read and then ask questions. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, in my head, I'm like, I'm asking questions. So I wanna hear some of their questions too. Like, um, I bet these students can teach me some things about God and about Jesus. And we just started doing that for a few weeks. And these, this wild thing started to happen. I didn't think much of it at the time, but we had just started reading the gospels, like the first four mm -hmm. books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, um, as we read it together, um, and I heard from these, you know, middle school and high school students, their perspectives about Jesus, like that was a, like a, a new foundation for me, for my faith, because um, it, it led me to start asking the question like, okay, if everyone, if everyone committed to live and love like Jesus in their community today, would the world be a better place? Mm -hmm. And I could really confidently answer that question, yes. And I didn't need mm -hmm. too much faith to believe that because right. when you read about how Jesus lived, the people he cared for, the, the amount of grace he showed for people who messed yeah. up and failed, the way that he calls us to forgive everyone, including our enemies, yeah. um, our world needs a lot of, of all of those things. Um, mm -hmm. And what was really amazing was, um, you know, before in the years leading up to that, I would teach about the Bible and students would ask questions about how they could learn more about the Bible. But when we started reading it together, um, they began wanting to like do stuff in the community. Mm. Like they yeah. began asking questions about how can we go out and help serve other people? Like on their own, a group of like several high schoolers started going to the local city and praying with um, homeless people in the, in the city and talking with them, encouraging them. Um, and they did it on their own. Yeah. And so that was really special to see. Yeah, so it sounds like the question that you started asking was less like, can I get these people to believe everything that I believe? And more about like, can I live in love the way that Jesus did? Mm -hmm. And so what happened when you started changing that question? Uh, it was a relief because it was, yeah, it was much, it, the, my old way of, 
faith was exhausting because mm. it was constantly making sure that I knew the right things and was yeah. teaching the right things. But this new way is just about trying to get to know Jesus more and looking for areas of your life that you can be more uh, hospitable to people. You can be more generous. You can be more um, yeah, kind, forgiving, um, but not in a legalistic, like you have to do all these mm-hmm. things, um, but in a really grace-filled way because Jesus is leading you day by day and he's doing it with love and compassion and not with guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so I, here's how I'm kind of applying what you're saying to me, that if at some point, and, and sometimes it does, if at some point my faith starts to feel like a magic show, mm-hmm. then I might be f- missing out on just real life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm a dad. I've got five kids. Lately, I don't do hardly anything that's more fun or more rewarding or more connected to who I believe God is, how I believe he made the world, and what what I believe Jesus' plans are for the world and what he's doing in the world than when I um, spend time with my 13-year-old going to a bunch of different stores to try to find bird seeds so we can watch birds, mm-hmm. you know, or then when I spend time with my 11-year-old um, at the skate park or, you know, those are just a few random things, but like living inside of my life, noticing my life, paying attention to what is actually going on in the world around me, living in it, and then asking, how do I, how do I live like Jesus in this space in my life? Um, then you don't need to like work up faith. Mm-hmm. You don't need, it, you don't have to do a trick. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can just let what you have in your hands be real mm-hmm. and what you have in front of you be real and, what, and, and live inside of that. I, that's what I'm learning right now, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds a lot like, I mean, what Jesus said too, of like, you know, his big sermon on the Mount, he like talks by saying like, blessed are the poor in spirit because they recognize their need for God. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he goes through all of these things. And at the end of it, he's just, you know, in Matthew 7, he's talking about like, if you put my words into action, you're like the man who builds a house on a rock. Like you have a firm foundation that you can stand on. And so I think sometimes we try to overcomplicate it. We're like, man, I have to do all this right, and it's all up to me. And, like, it's it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like, if we just look to Jesus and do the things that he said, love the people that he loved, then it becomes less of this weight that we're carrying, carrying and we just realize, like, Jesus already carried it for us. I don't think I have anything to add. Yeah, that was great. And that's a big deal. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I've ever like stunned you before. Wow, man, he, Jason always has something to contribute. Yeah. Now I feel I like mean, you're just, just repeating the words of Jesus. So I there mean, you go. I mean, How can you follow that up? I mean, there you go. I guess I inadvertently Jesus duped you. So I guess there's that. But anyways, so I think that that question that you said though is really important for people to talk about though of like switching the question from can I believe all these things and more of like, can I live like Jesus? And so I guess when you have your own conversation today, because we already talked about this, and I also hope you debrand Thomas together as well. Maybe you can just talk about like, how can I live more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's right. I was supposed to ask a question. Thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> You're welcome. 